Blessed by God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. Now, after the initial greeting, Paul begins by writing about the God of all comfort in verses 3 and 4, because he had met Titus, who had brought him the good news of the Corinthians' loyalty. This together, with his thankfulness for escape from death in Ephesus, accounts for Paul's note of joy in the midst of his sufferings. Ephesus and Corinth were only about 275 miles apart, with ships plying between the two cities constantly. It seems that Paul had paid an earlier painful visit to Corinth from Ephesus. The reason for that difficult visit was a very grave crisis that had arisen in Paul's relationship with the Corinthian church, probably shortly after he had written 1 Corinthians to them. This may, in part, account for Paul's anxiety to meet Titus. Now, when life is tiring and when you are struggling with sin, when family members aren't saved when bills aren't paid, when school is difficult, when work is exhausting, and when your health is failing, when your loved ones are hurt, when the future is unsure, and when a good friend leaves, it's easy to be discouraged. Discouragement is a thief. It steals your vitality, your zeal, your joy, your peace, and your contentment. If discouragement dwells long with you, its friend will soon join. Their names are fatigue and hopelessness, despair, self-pity, depression, doubt and bitterness. Sometimes discouragement can be so strong that you even don't want to go on living. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present and distrust for the future. It results in blindness, it is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunities of today and insecurity regarding the strength for tomorrow. It is unaware of the presence of God, unconcerned for the needs of our fellow man and unbelief in the promises of his word. If we have nothing to rely on or we forget our blessings and look to our circumstances, then that is when discouragement begins to take hold. Instead, what we need is encouragement. We need hope and peace and the knowledge that the Lord knows our troubles, has great concern and compassion for us and is not leaving us unloved or uncared for. Keeping your eyes on Jesus is the best way to be encouraged. In him, you can have comfort and peace and encouragement. You need to find him and his words and by faith rest in him. Be encouraged because God is a God of mercy and comfort. In verse 3, blessed by the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now God is called the Father of mercies. <clears throat> in the Greek, the word mercy, not that I'm a Greek scholar, 
is oak termos. It means compassion, pity, mercy, and it is something that is felt in the heart. In God's very heart, he feels mercy towards you. He's the author of mercy. His mercy towards you brings salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and the deliverance from eternal damnation. And this, because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of his shed blood for you. And God is a God of mercy, as, in, as we read in Psalm 86. You are forgiving, O God, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call on you. The word in Greek for comfort is parakalesis. It means exhortation, comfort and encouragement. In fact, the form of this word, parakalesis, is used for the Holy Spirit. That is why the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. In the King James Bible we read in John 14.26 that the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In the NASB, the word is rendered helper, and the NIV, the word is rendered counsellor. And this shows you that, the God, that God is a God of comfort, of exhortation, of encouragement and counsel. All comfort comes from God, who is the God of comfort of mercy and love. It isn't an angel or a cosmic force, a pill, psychotherapy, or a quick and clever slogan that warms your heart and lifts you up. It is God. But you may ask, how is the comfort received from God? By faith, because God says he is the God of comfort, then you need to believe it and act upon it. That is, you need to trust him and receive his comfort as he provides. And from others, God uses his people to comfort you. When you have a problem, doesn't the Lord send someone with an encouraging word, a helping hand, and a shoulder to cry on? And through his word, reading and hearing, the words of God are beautiful, and there for our instruction and encouragement. And by the Holy Spirit, he is called the comforter and he indwells you. Take encouragement because God is there for your, in your afflictions. And in verse 4 we read, Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In the, trouble in the NIV and affliction in the NASB. In the Greek, it is the word thalipus. It can be translated as tribulation, trouble, anguish, persecution, burden, and of course, affliction. Affliction comes in different shapes and sizes. <clears throat> Sickness, financial difficulty, loss of a loved one, an unsure future, an auto accident, or just old age. But also, this is something very important. Affliction occurs in the heart, in that place where we get frustrated, confused and hurt. And why do we have afflictions? Because we live in a fallen world. And it takes a world with trouble 
in it to train Christians for their high calling as children of God and to carve upon their souls the features of the face of Christ. <clears throat> James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So then afflictions are a way of making you better, and that is how they should be tackled, as the testing and strengthening of your faith through the comfort and mercy of Jesus. You don't have to worry whether or not he's going to take care of you. He already has. On the cross, he is currently doing so, and he will continue to care for you. After all, aren't you more valuable than a sparrow? And he cares for them. You should be encouraged because you can be an instrument of comfort to others. And verse 4, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This glorifies God to comfort others. Being used by God makes you feel good. That's not the only reason to help someone, but it does feel good when the Holy Spirit uses you to do good. You need to praise God that you, are, that you have even had afflictions so that you're able to help others. How many of you, because of trial, have been able to help others better because of that trial and affliction? See, God does not comfort you to make you comfortable, but to make you comforters. I know myself that um, when I was young, I had an alcoholic stepfather. I lived with violence. Um, I remember being marched half a mile or so with a knife to my throat, being threatened to be killed. Um, I remember fighting off a drunken man when I was about 14 to protect my mother. Um, My stepfather was violent, drunk all the time. He was awake. He had a beer in his hand and... uh, he was been in prison in Pentridge, so I lived with that, and um, I am thankful for it. Which might seem strange, but it was, um, yeah, it was good that it happened, because I've had many chances to speak to young people and other people who have had what they thought was really bad upbringings. But when I told them what happened to me, they um, Some of them piled into insignificance and they went away with uh, a better outlook on life. So sufferings uh, I had when I was younger, um, God has more than made up for that with the many blessings as I went through with my own family and uh, I'm very much blessed and thankful for God for both the things that went bad previously when I was younger and how he's blessed me now. And lighthouses are built by shipwrecked sailors and roads are widened by mangled motorists. Hospitals are built by those who are sick. Where nobody suffers, nobody cares. When you suffer, you learn to care. That is why God does not comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters of others. And we mustn't forget that he suffered first. You should be encouraged because the comfort you receive from God comes through Jesus. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also is the comfort 
in abundance through Christ. This means that all comfort, encouragement and hope that you receive through people, through the word or through circumstances, are filtered through Jesus. Therefore the comfort is pure, good and right. It's received by faith. Where all our sufferings are abundant, so is our comfort. This comfort is a spiritual comfort, received by faith, by active choice. Encouragement is something that belongs to you as a Christian. You do not have to live in a world of hurt and doubt. You don't have to live alone. You don't have to weep in solitude. You have the body of Christ to lift you up. You have the word of God to teach you. You have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you who warms your soul. You have the God of encouragement waiting to show you his mercy and love. Do you need to trust? You need to remember the Lord's blessings. You need to depend on him and you need to keep your eyes on Jesus and him alone. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen.